listener, you, yes, you, welcome to Freaks and Creeks, the Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the vote 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is Cody. I'm Stella. I'm Mallory. And I am James. And this week we are talking about season two, episode 15, Dot, 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 that is the question. <laughs> but before we do that, Stella. You know what time it is. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You guessed it, it's Capeside Correspondence. <laughs> All right, so we got a nice bunch here. So we got a message from Carrie on the old Instagram. They say, hey, guys, just wanted to shoot you a quick DM thanking you for making this podcast. You're welcome. When I started listening, you had already made a couple episodes, and I made quick work of binging them. The commentary and banter, chef's kiss. I I love that I can hit a new episode, and I'm guaranteed a smile and a laugh. At least one. We're changing lives, people. Yes, we are. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) One smile and laugh at a time. (laughs) makes me feel special thanks carrie thanks for sliding into our dms yeah slide on in there yeah <laughs> uh okay next up we got a apple review podcast apple podcast review apple review podcast <laughs> apple. we do have a new apple review podcast to tell you about are you a robot <laughs> apple review podcast tell uh, us thank Stella. you thank you okay so this is from ness m82 the caption or the te- I don't know what you call this. The subject matter. There we go. Subject, subject line. line. Jesus Christ. Oh. Subject matter is great. Where's Stella? Title? Who are you? <laughs> is I'm hooked. And then in parentheses, see what I did there. Dot, dot, dot. Get it? Yeah. I felt like that was important. Mm-hmm, very yes. important. To mention. Yes. Okay. We, get, we got it. Thank Listener, you. thank you. <laughs> I'm on the fence. <laughs> Okay, so this person says, uh, well, they gave us five stars. Yeah, holy shit. Thank you. Thank you. All right, they say, I've been following along since your first show, and I love listening to your unbiased takes on the best show from my teenage years. Shout out to the original listeners. Yeah. From day one, holy cow. I watched Dawson's Creek when it first aired in the 90s, rewatched when it was featured on Netflix a few years ago, and started watching a third time when I discovered your podcast. Although it's not on Max anymore, so I'm a little lost. Hey, guess what? It's we, now on Amazon Prime and also is, Hulu. Yes. In, in the Hulu. U.S. Oh, yeah. In the U.S. Don't know where you live. Uh, Dawson's Creek is definitely one of my all-time favorite shows, and hearing your thoughts as grown adults is fun. Your banter is entertaining, and I especially love Cody's enthusiastic rundown of the show summary at the start of each episode. Uh, Whoa. Keep it up, and good luck with sponsorship. Shocking. Thank you. I can't believe anyone wants to hear that. So, <laughs> so wow. sweet. I'm not surprised at all. Cody puts in a lot of work in that each week, and I'm glad yeah. that you got the recognition that you deserve, Cody. I'm nothing but shocked. Thank you. Thank you. Hold the applause. Please stop <laughs> clapping. Please stop clapping. <laughs> you in the front, you can keep clapping. Um, Wait, you, really Cody. quick. Before we move on, on the uh, note about being lost on where to access the show, I have something that I would like to share really quick. I'd, oh, yeah. Kind of related to Ooh. this. Um, we've had multiple listeners reach out to us and tell us that we need to reach out to another individual. How confusing can this be? 
It's <laughs> not. It's actually very simple. There is an individual on Instagram under the username CreekFan3. Just go ahead and take a look at their profile. If you don't have access to Dawson's Creek and you really want it, or maybe you want to see Dawson's Creek in the original audio as it was intended to be, just go over and look at that. Talking OG songs, baby. In high def. The way the Lord intended. <laughs> yep, as God created Dawson's Creek Crams would be, be happy. Yes. Uh, yes. And Ty. Well, <laughs> let's not talk about him yet. <laughs> um, okay, so we also, last but not least, we got an email from Rebecca. She's been listening to our pod from Sydney, Australia. G'day. Down oh. under. Hey. <laughs> I won't participate. Thank you. Sorry. I appreciate Australia. <laughs> I had to. It's like an American thing. It's yeah. just we yeah. have to do that. I apologize. <laughs> I on behalf I, of this I, entire I was, fucked up country. When I was reading this email, I think to Cody, where we were talking about it, I also pretended to do an Australian oh, accent immediately. And, and Cody was like, "Don't, don't do that." <laughs> so uh, sorry, sorry, Rebecca. Um, I bet it was really good though. Yeah. It is an incredible impression. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys frequently accompany my 45-minute commute to work. I have loved listening to your reviews of the episode and have been re-watching weekly along with you. Aw. Ooh. I'm 31 years old and remember Dawson's Creek being on TV as a 10-year-old. Um, having little parental TV regulation, I was obsessed, despite having no understanding of the wordy, stylized quips that, <laughs> that came out of the characters' mouths. Our local Target, there's Target in Australia. Our local Target had Dawson's Creek memorabilia. <laughs> and I had a Dawson's Creek pencil tin and VHS of two episodes that I played on repeat. Oh, yeah. I love that nice. pencil tin idea. Yeah. That's so cool. Miss those. Speaking of book fairs, it oh, got yeah. to the point that my obsession led to my classmates calling me Dawson's Freak. No! Oh, yeah. I'm going to beat them oh, all up. Gosh. That's so sad. Eventually, yeah, my sad. obsession moved on to the OC, but. D Creek always had my heart. Oh my God. Love that for you. Okay. My question is, do you think that this show could be made today without losing the essence that made the show what it is? Who would you cast as the characters and what elements would you keep? What would you cut? With the resurgence of the Y2K movement, do you think they would be better off trying to shoot it in that era or bring it to 2023? Originally, I thought the show's innocence was what made it a cozy comfort watch, but I have been mildly <laughs> disturbed upon watching rewatch, uh, upon a rewatch at how horny the Leary household is, <laughs> Dawson included. I have had more icky pearl clutching moments than one would like, and I think this could be reviewed if a remake were on the cards. Loving your work and can only imagine how much time you guys take out of your week to do this. This Dawson's Freak is forever appreciative. Beck. Thanks. That's so kind. Thank you. Oh my God. This, like, I'm never crying again. Nope. Just read. Well, you're going to cry again if we don't get more mail. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, be careful there, Stella. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But that letter dried you up. That a little, little bit. Yeah. For a minute. I'm all dried up. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, so these are some interesting questions. Very interesting, very interesting questions. Yeah. To the question, can it be made today? I think definitely, right? Yeah. Are we yeah. all in agreement there? It's still relevant. Totally. Yeah. I think coming of age stories are timeless. Yeah. yeah. Especially always work. when it's from, like, really from the perspective of a young white man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So that's like, I mean, yeah. that's an interesting question. Uh, uh, like, if it was more modern, I would think mm -hmm. we would have more people of color involved. Absolutely. 
And yeah, I don't know. Like I do agree though, because it does feel like very nostalgic and cozy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out how it would fit in to like the current uh, culture. Do you think it would, or do we think it would kind of just be occasionally commenting on culture and then Mm -hmm. kind of living in its own little bubble, Mm -hmm. you know, like solving Mm -hmm. its own coming of age stories that are occasionally impacted? It's so tough. It's like, if I were to remake the show, would I want to set it now or back then? And typically Mm -hmm. like I'm on the side of like, I fucking hate nostalgia and I hate that so many pieces of like film and television like are nostalgic, but specifically for like the seventies and eighties, it's like, you'd think that that would be dead by now. And we start being nostalgic about like the early two thousands, but no, it's always the seventies and eighties for whatever reason, sometimes the nineties, but I think it would be cool to do a show that's actually set in 1998 and mm, like go mm. to 2004 because that would be interesting. We don't really see a lot of that in media except for like pen 15. Yeah, I was about to say pen yeah, 15, 15 is, was really well done. I feel like. Yeah. I was about to say mm-hmm. pen 15, but really, <laughs> really good. Uh, but as to that, it's like, yeah, like it, uh, things that you'd want to change. Of course, you would want more diversity because yeah. with more diversity means more diverse stories yeah. and uh, different voices. And that would be more interesting than just watching a sweaty, horny white guy <laughs> who's, you know, cis right. and straight. Like that, there's so much that's already been said about that right. kind mm-hmm. of story. So, yeah. And if you want that, watch the original series. Exactly. Yeah. We can yeah. see, you know, it, it's, it doesn't have to be completely... You know, the woke mind police don't have to get their hands on this, but it can still be updated and made a little bit more modern. And I think it would be good. I, I would actually love to see this redone. I think as as far as casting, it would be fun to see some of the original cast still in here, mm-hmm. like Dawson as somebody, you know. Who yeah. is like dad. Yep, yeah, dad or Daddy. Joey is... I don't know. Graham's great. <laughs> but that's like oh, the, the like the requel or legacy sequel stuff that's been happening so much is like when they did a uh, girl meets world, it's like what no. they did with that is the same thing, right? They mm. just like aged everyone up right. and then yeah. they were married and then it was about their kids. And I don't know if I, I don't like, no, what about like Joey is the art teacher or something. Mm. Yeah. Like, that's what so, it would You be know, like. something different. Yeah. And I think they have to be, I would almost say they have to be recast as entirely different characters. Yeah. And it's yeah, just yeah. a nod to their original yeah. cast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I would much mm-hmm. prefer that. It's not yeah. like Dawson no. is Mr. Leary, the right, yeah. film teacher now. Like, no, no Dawson is... Someone else. Bad yeah. boy Jim Malone. <laughs> the, the teacher that's having an affair with a student. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and every, he makes all the kids call him bad boy Jim Malone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking of stuff that we would cut, if we were to reboot this show, I think that narrative would be long gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the probably. teacher kid affair. I know, it's pretty timeless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Did you do any fan casting though? Yeah, so mm-hmm. I have Zendaya as Joey. Okay. I feel like. Why is that? Um, because I think she, I think we see in like Spider, I don't know, maybe in Spider-Man and also Euphoria. She just like, I think she's very, um, she can be like a chameleon. She can be very like quote unquote tomboy-y. Um, and then is also just like gorgeous and like, I don't know. I feel like she has quite a range. She's extremely good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like she could have like a really good transformation within the arc, within the arc of Joey. Um, and it would be a cool like prequel to Euphoria. Euphoria. <laughs> it's really sad. <laughs> Poor Joey. Um, okay. So just based on appearance, I know we had talked about Timothy Chalamet as, um, as Dawson, as Dawson <laughs> but I feel like he might be a good Pacey cause he's kind of oh. goofy. Mm. Yeah. He's, that's a better. Yeah. yeah. 
His most recent SNL performance has convinced yeah. me. Oh, he's funny. Yeah. He's so this funny. This guy's got jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I unapologetically love him. Me and I too. think yeah. every time he's on SNL, I think he kills it. Yeah. It's true. He's very funny. Okay. So then we got Noah Schnapp from mm. yeah. um, Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah. He looks so much like Dawson. I think he kind of looks oh, like yeah. oh, maybe. Um, Jack. Ooh. Oh, oh like I could see him as Jack. Yeah. But also, uh, yeah. fuck that guy. That guy sucks in real life. Does he? Get Jack. him. No, oh, that Noah Schnapp. Oh, yeah. really? No, Jack oh. in real life. Jack in real life. I mean, no. <laughs> I, thought, I didn't know who you meant. No, like Noah uh, Schnapp. Yeah, with like really? the um, what? With like the Israel Gaza stuff, he started posting like oh. all this like really crazy Zionist stuff on his Instagram, hmm. and he was like, "Israel is sexy," and he was oh. like, "No," uh, he's like uh, very unapologetic about what <laughs> Israel's government does, and it's like, "What the fuck, dude?" Uh oh, crazy. Okay, um, he's canceled. Yeah, bye, bye, bitch. <laughs> okay, and then we have okay. I don't want it to be like Stranger Things 2.0, but mm-hmm. just on this picture, he is dressed like Pacey Finn Wolfhard. Mm-hmm. He, he's wearing the bowling shirt. Oh yeah, but I feel like he also could also. Be, I feel like he could also be Dawson. He was also in um, the remake of It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. 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 I like him. I think he could be a good Richie. goofy character. Yeah. I don't know. I like Timothy Chalamet as Pacey. Undecided about Dawson. Yeah. And then I need to think of more people of color, but I have Anya Taylor Joy down as Jen. Cool. Mm. She's an alien. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I like blonde. This. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> who's great? Who's Grams? Ooh. Most important character in the whole show. Yeah. You should uh, for Grams like uh, a lot. Like talking about this, like ca- like doing recasting stuff. Like for like a new age, I can't help but think of uh, the Spider Man movies because every single time people reboot Spider Man, uh, Aunt May gets younger and hotter every <laughs> single time. Mm. So now it's like Marissa Tomei who's like yeah. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> And you compare her to the first Spider-Man mm-hmm. with Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. and it's like the oldest person on earth that they found for that role. <laughs> Ooh, Rachel, play Grams? Rachel Zegler could be Jen, the person who is mm-hmm. in the new Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a new Hunger Games? Yes. It's like yeah. a prequel to Hunger prequel, Games. Yeah. Uh, Grams, let me think. Ooh. Someone really hot. Someone really, really, really hot. Okay, um, really hot, really young. Anya Taylor-Joy? <laughs> <laughs> um, Hello, Jen. Um, okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like Julia Roberts? Reese Witherspoon? Yes. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. Oh my God. Actually, Reese Witherspoon would be like the new evangelical, like totally. mother yeah. kind of character. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. that's what it totally is now. Yeah. yeah. That'd be funny. Mm. Okay. Cody, you, what do you got? I got fan casting down. Yeah. So, uh, for Dawson, I chose another it alumnus. Uh, this guy. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I also looked at him. Uh, he was in the book of Henry as well. Just love um, him. Jaden Martell. Yeah. So uh, most famous for playing like Bill, probably in Stephen King's It yeah. and the Alt Right Kid Knives Out. I think he's right. a really great actor who's proven to be good at portraying emotional depth and drawing sympathy as well, being a little shit. So I feel like he would really thrive in that kind of role. Uh, for Joey, I uh, chose uh, Storm Reed, oh, yeah. who is oh, okay. in also in Euphoria, but. Here I chose an image from her portrayal in The Last of Us, but I chose her because she's really great at playing characters that are like up against the ropes and she's simultaneously really pretty, but can project being hardened by life. And I can Mm. see her flourishing as someone who feels awkward and somewhat lost and you want to root for her as she finds herself. And uh, Pacey, this I can imagine is going to be a uh, a controversial Uh choice, but I chose uh, Cooper Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son from- Licorice Pizza. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And so he's uh, tall. <laughs> uh, well, so okay, so I chose him uh, because he has like infinite charisma, and uh, he also when he was in. Uh, licorice pizza. He's like his like back is always against the wall, which is something that kind of like defines Pacey. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think like I love Joshua Jackson in that role, but he's like he, he's like too hot for like who the character of Pacey sure. is in my mind because mm-hmm. like Pacey's supposed to be someone that's like an outsider and like is always like being seen as a loser. And Joshua Jackson's just super hot, so right. that like kind of like uh, and uh, not to say like Cooper Hoffman is an attractive guy, but he seems like more of like an everyman that like fits kind mm-hmm. of like a character that's like the lazy but funny unpopular guy. Um, for Jen, I chose uh, uh, Millie from uh, the House of the Dragon. That oh. Game of Thrones okay. spinoff show. The reason I chose her is I don't know if you've watched House mm. of the Dragon, um, but uh, she's great at portraying like as an always present like moral conflict and exudes like a very specific type of confidence that Michelle Williams like also taps into for that character. She's also like really uniquely pretty. She doesn't seem like stereotypical like magazine glamorous, but she's right. like very beautiful in a very unique way. And I feel it's like kind of cinematic, and that seems something that. Dawson would be attracted to. Um, I also wanted to mention this too. Like if we were doing like a modern take of this, I feel like the Dawson character would be like an A24 boy. Like he wouldn't be Mm. like a Spielberg Mm. guy. He'd be like, want to make like weird art. And she has like such an interesting look to her. I could see him being like, I want to put you in hereditary too. Um, (laughs) uh, Who else do I got here? Oh, so the only other character I put down for Jack is uh, Dominic Sessa, who's like a newcomer. He was in the holdovers, which has Mm. been gaining a lot of traction. Mm. Oscar buzz recently uh but for him uh that recall that role in that movie required of uh this like balancing act of being hyper intelligent being specific kind of like indirect dick while also being really charming and there's like a darkness there that i feel like the character of jack like taps into and i think Mm. he could pull it off really well uh you'll probably notice listeners that i only mentioned uh one black actor because uh still a problem in hollywood is there's not a lot of diversity Mm -hmm. in like young people in hollywood and that's really sad yeah Uh, Yeah. and i also don't watch a lot of stuff with the young people in it yeah Uh, that's my problem is I'm just looking at like the Stranger Things cast and I'm like Caleb McLaughlin, he's an amazing actor. Like who could he play? My casting is not, I mean, like I said, I don't have my finger on the, the, the pulse of the youth. So, you know, I got Ray Liotta as Dawson. (laughs) (laughs) I got, they digging him up for this performance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe he'd be better. What about Gaten Moderato as Pacey? Mm. (laughs) Who? Other guy from Stranger Things. Let's just get Stranger Things. Uh, oh, Pacey's okay. Kind of, a, yeah. He'd be fun. I know. I'm just looking at Stranger Things. I like this, but please don't destroy plenty movie. of other actor choices. Maybe I'll prep for next time. Yeah, we'll have a, a yeah. two-parter. Two-parter. Mm. Yeah, if you have thoughts and feelings about this, uh, send let us, us know. Yeah. Send us your fan cast, listeners. Oh, I would love to hear what people think, especially yeah. if you're watching shows with young people that are like diverse uh, actors. Yeah, send us in. Give us recommendations. Or send us one with old people, too. I'd love yeah. to see... Dawson's Creek, but everybody is geriatric. <laughs> Get that old woman that played Aunt May in the first Spider-Man. Yes. Meryl Streep as Grams? Oh, Anyone? Oh, yeah, her most recent on, uh, what was it? Uh, Only Murders in Only the Murders. Building? Yeah, yeah, she's so yeah, good. She so still good. got it. Okay, well, well. Shall we start to? Let's say correspondence is over. It. Okay, so this week, <laughs> once again, we are talking about season two, episode 15, dot, dot, dot. That is the question. This episode aired on February 17th, 1999. 
As rumors about Jack's sexuality continue unabated, Pacey sets out to stop a teacher's relentless harassment. Uh, this was written by Kevin Williamson and Greg Berlanti and directed by Greg Prang. Now, I want to say something about this. So huh. this is the first season two episode to be written by Kevin Williamson. Yeah. And oh. the last, <laughs> and the, sorry, I'm excited. The last episode that he wrote until the show's finale four Holy years later. Fuck. So wow. this, this was close it. to his heart, I think, yeah. this episode. Mm. Wow. Makes sense. In particular. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Dang. So, That's interesting. That yeah. adds a. Yeah, that, that definitely. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I know you just said that, Stella, so I, <laughs> I needed to <laughs> make sure Everyone please heard. tell me how interesting yeah. that is. <laughs> Cody? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I can't believe that. So he, because I know he leaves the writer's room. I mean, listeners have yeah, told us gone. this. Listeners know this, so this is boring to everybody but me probably. But I, that's wild that he just is basically, this is his last contribution yeah. I wonder if it's at the end of season two that he like officially leaves. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe we'll talk more about this, but yeah, I wonder if it was like, he just like, this was like a very key part of the story that he just like wanted to be sure. a part of. And then he was like, all right, I feel like that was the you, big thing for me. Yeah. You'll often see that with showrunners for shows that, I mean, that they're running showrunner. Uh, but it's like, if there's like an episode that's like very specific to what they want, like, it's like, oh, only I know how to like really do this. They will take the reins. You'll see that with like mm. a lot of lost episodes. Like the really good ones are written by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse because they're like, mm. oh, this is like, this is what we right. know is like what it has to be. So feels like I he had to put his fingerprints on this. Does anybody remember when he left the show? Is it season? Because I wonder if he saw the writing on the wall that he was going to be leaving and took the opportunity that was presented in him seeing maybe that this is the last time he could do something like this. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Listeners don't tell us we already have. <laughs> we just can't remember. <laughs> or listeners, please do. It's, it's so frustrating wanting to research this show and not be yeah. able to Google anything because of spoilers and stuff. So mm -hmm. if, if anyone has like any concrete details about like the what, when, where, when, why about mm. him leaving and what, that'd be really cool. I would want to know that. Otherwise I'm just going to have to make it up and you guys don't <laughs> want any more of that. <laughs> He ascended out of the window and no one has seen him since. It's kind of like being a kid in the 90s, though. Before we had yeah. the internet to look mm. things up, we're just like, I don't know. Does anybody know? No? Okay, well, I think it's just this. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to wait for that month's uh, yeah. Teen Bop magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, Tiger Beat for me. Tiger Beat, yes. Like. <laughs> oh, do you want to take us away? Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is a long one, everyone. This is a big episode. So strap in. Before you start, I want to send this out to the internet and to you guys. Do we want to add music under you reading these? I'll let the fans decide. Yeah, fans, let us know. What kind of music? Like Slipknot? Or yeah, okay. definitely Slipknot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be so jarring. <laughs> Previously on Dawson's Creek, Jack was forced to read a homoerotic poem by their asshole teacher, Mr. Peterson, prompting his peers to mock him for maybe, possibly being gay. Pacey spat in that fuck's face, giving Peterson the L and Pacey a suspension. Jack tells everyone he isn't gay, but I don't know about you folks. I think there's more to it than that. And now, the exciting conclusion. <laughs> 
we open on my favorite problematic superstar, Tom Cruise. Has he joined the series? Is he the final addition to the Dawsonless Core 4? Unfortunately not. Our boy PC is just watching the Cameron Crowe classic Jerry Maguire while lounging in Dawson's bed in the middle of the day. The titular hero pops into the room to hand off Pacey's homework, and we're given all the exposition we need. Pacey's hiding out from his revolting piece of shit dad since he's been suspended. Jack is keeping a low profile after being kind of, yes, no, maybe outed. And Andy, she's sulking. Dawson, with good advice for the first time in his life, tells Pacey just to give her a call and apologize. But Pacey is standing his ground for having nothing to apologize for. Outside school, Jen and Tyson exchange smooches. And Dawson's happy for her? She extends an invite to something with them that night. More to follow. In Capeside High, while Jack is helping Joey gather her school books, some jock bozos throw out some homophobic zingers at our boy Jack. Joey clearly doesn't think that they should even discuss the rampant homophobia going on because he's clearly not gay. Jack reiterates this, thinking that they should do some serious PDA to shut up all the naysayers. And as he leaves, Dawson enters. He tells Joey about tagging along with Jen and Tyson and invites her to whatever this mysterious fun will be. But she declines, saying that she has plans with Jack. Dawson extends the invite to Jack Slash, tells her to maybe instead, I don't know, do something romantic with him. And she can't believe it. Dawson, with this kind of advice, she wants to say something else as Dawson leaves, but she stays tight-lipped. Meanwhile, in that shitbag Mr. Peterson's class, Pacey is back, baby. He hands in his assignments so he doesn't get an incomplete. Peterson then hands back Pacey's poetry assignment with an F. This shitbag says it stunk and he needs to write better and that all the students are subject to Peterson's subjective taste. I don't like this one bit. Later in the calf, Pacey tells Dawson about the F as he spots Andy eating by herself across the way. He gets up and sits across from her, and they immediately get into it. They haven't called one another. Who calls first? Who apologizes first? She ain't having it and dips. Meanwhile, Joey sits down next to Jack at a different table, handing him a menu of some sexy romantic snacks she wants to cook for him that night for a hot date. Jack tells her he doesn't know what he'd do without her smooch. Jack joins up with Andy as they leave for class and they both realize they're heading to Mr. Milo's office together. But as they enter the room, they see Mr. McPhee in the flesh. Daddy! Daddy. Andy's (laughs) pumped and Jack is not pumped. Later that day, as Joey is setting up for their romantic evening, Jack calls to let her know that Daddy McPhee is taking him and Andy out to dinner and he has to rain check. Oh no! After a couple beats, Joey gives someone a call. That night, we find Joey and Dawson meeting up with Jen and Tyson at that sexy jazz lounge. Tyson calls it, quote unquote, practically home, while a goateed stud asks him, what would it be, Ty? Four usuals. Damn, this is his home. But Joey and Dawson ain't drinking. Cokes it is. Oh, man. Y'all ready to cringe out? Tyson then pops up onto the stage and starts laying down some thick, funky keys. Uh, The rest of the gang talk about Tyson's silly church boy contradictions before moving on to talking about how funny it is that the three of them are hanging out. What a whirlwind, these three. Elsewhere, Pacey's at the library where someone points out a section to him regarding local code of conduct bylaws and teaching guidelines. Damn, Pacey, what are you up to? 
And over at a nice restaurant, Andy's gabbing away with Daddy and Jack with Deets about their mom in school. But Mr. McPhee is not impressed. What an asshole. Jack is quiet and Daddy ain't having it. He hates that he <laughs> had to drive all the way to Capeside to see them. He comes out swinging. Are you gay, Jack? Jack denies. Mr. McPhee says he doesn't need any more problems in his life and that he can't continue hiding behind his dead older brother anymore. He says that problems that can be helped should be resolved immediately. Yeesh, this fucking guy. Back at the sultry, sexy jazz club, Dawson and Joey are slow dancing. He's glad she's there despite the circumstances. She asks if he thinks Jack's gay. Well, who knows, but does she? She can't read Jack's eyes like she can read Dawson's. Hmm, what are they saying? It's comfortable for them being together as friends. Over at the table, Tyson wants to know why Joey would want to be with a quote-unquote fruit fly. Fuck. Tyson then starts talking about how being gay is a choice. Yep, here we go, folks. His rotten evangelicalism is showing, and Jen ain't having it. Later at the McPhee residence... Andy apologizes for how hard their dad was on Jack. Andy thinks they need to make Daddy McPhee feel how needed he is in their household and that it might make him stay. But Jack doesn't want to. Jack says, we lost him when Tim died. And when mom lost it, he bailed. Jack wants her to reflect while she wants her daddy to be proud of her. Is she even proud of daddy? Damn, that's a lot to ponder. Over at Jen's place, the kids finish up some of Graham's originals, sandwiches, and milk. (laughs) Jen comes out with it. She's still pissed about Tyson's backwards-as-fuck opinions. He brings up the Bible saying, being gay is wrong, getting an alley-oop from Graham's who knows which biblical books to cite. Tyson says being gay is damaging to the world, in addition to some other complete and utter horseshit. Graham's pipes up, but tells Tyson that Jack needs only love and tolerance, and it's not up to him to judge, but only God. Hell yeah, eat shit, Tyson, you fuck. Elsewhere, (laughs) our titular hero walks Joey home after a night of hot jazz action. Joey's still feeling a little meh, and asks our boy if she's sexual is she just a safe beard for the possibly gay jack well get ready to hurl folks because dawson confirms that she's extremely (laughs) sexual it took him time to see what was an amazingly sexy girl everything she does is sexy He sees it more and more every day. She's blossoming. It's amazingly sexy. When she asks why Jack chose her, Dawson brings up the real question here. Why did she choose Jack? And with that, Dawson dips. The next day, Pacey the hero shows up early to school and gives the principal a document he's created listing every violation Mr. Shitbag Peterson has done since, well, ever, and got a whole bunch of classmates to sign off with their own testimonies as the kids say let's fucking go (laughs) back at the mcphee's daddy's packing up to dip but don't worry he wrote down some nurse companies andy can call to help mama mcphee while he's gone he says he'll be back in a few weeks but jack shows up and tells him not to bother coming back jack gets in his fucking face blocking his exit and gives him an earful about their crumbling reality in a goosebump worthy dialogue exchange and performance jack points out the obvious of course he's fucking gay and he's tired of hiding it through tears he apologizes and andy consoles him and she finally stands up to daddy telling him to get the fuck out Woo! Woo! 
Later, Jack finds Joey at school and makes plans to hang out that night. They kiss goodbye. Oof, folks, this is going to be tough. Inside, Jack and Pacey find a sign saying Peterson's class will not be held that day. Oh, baby. <laughs> Jack goes on to thank Pacey for what he did, and they shake hands. You'd love to see it. Around the corner, Pacey finds Peterson in an empty classroom with a box of his belonging. That's right, y'all. He's fucking gone. He's not even waiting for the school board meeting. He'll just retire early. Pacey wants to know what makes him such a fucking asshole, and Peterson chalks it up to just plain teaching. And what has Pacey learned? That respect isn't earned through fear. It's earned through compassion. Woo! Yes, King. (laughs) Out by the titular creek, Tyson approaches Jen, hoping for redemption. She says it ain't going to work out, folks. (laughs) He thinks relationships are all about learning from each other. He says he's open-minded and ready for discussion as long as her liberal views are open, too. Yuck. And she she says he has a charm to him. Hmm. Well, we'll see where that goes. Don't like what... Don't like it one bit. Uh, back at school, Andy and Pacey try to apologize to another. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It goes on forever. <laughs> they admit their faults, and Andy admits that she wants a partner of equal standing, not someone to mold. And wouldn't you know it, those youngsters press their faces into each other for a wet one. <laughs> Just like that. Uh, That evening at Joey's, Jack shows up to a romantic dinner looking pretty fucking forlorn. He spills the beans. He is gay. She's stunned. His poem brought out who he is to the surface. He thanks her for being such a great friend, but is so sad about hurting her. She thanks him for his honesty, and they have a sweet little hand embrace as friends. Back at the McPhee's, Jack drops back in and Andy embraces him. And over at Dawson's, as our hero watches TV while lounging like a lizard, Joey comes through the window in tears and falls into Dawson's warm embrace. Yeah. Wow. Um, can we get the music from the jazz club and put that Ooh. under Cody while he Bow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. I will find out in this next break that we have whether or not we can do that. That's great. When uh, Tyson was playing the keys, I know, I mean, so much has happened this episode, but let's talk about the most important thing first. Exactly. So when Tyson's playing the keys, uh, it kind of hit me when uh, I like the band Fish and I try to get everyone else into Fish and Mm -hmm. they go, this sounds like fucking shit. And I'm like, that's crazy. But then now this kind of made me realize, like, that's probably what they hear when people listen to Fish. (laughs) And now I get it. I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) So that's what fish sounds like? (laughs) To everyone else except for me. Uh, Um, Love this idea that this teenager is just drinking martinis. I know. What the heck? In this entire series, it's like if you're a kid, you can just go into a bar and get whatever you want. But that his usual is a martini. I'm I'm 33 and I can't drink a martini. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Like, I think they're so gnarly. I, a 16 year old being like, yeah, I'll drink a martini. Yeah, mm-hmm. Seems yeah. like he's been drinking for a while. If that's what, if that's his yeah. choice, <laughs> a, a real 16 year old be like, excuse me, can I get a four loco in a yeah. giant glass? <laughs> also that all these people know him though. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, like, do they know he's underage? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's pretty funny though. Yeah. it's funny. They have to, I guarantee you we're going to get the backstory on Ty is that his fucking parents abandoned him or that they were drunks and that he got raised by the club. <laughs> just like, you know what I mean? I'm he serious. There, yeah. Just like in like an old, like Victorian London, a kid gets raised by all the whores totally. in the brothel, right? Like <laughs> here he's being raised by all the tramps at the bar. Oh it's just God. like, oh so his like daddy figure is that guy with the goatee. He's yep. like yeah. martini tie. Yeah. You want your milk? (laughs) (laughs) 
Want your Thai juice, bud? I really hope he doesn't become a character that sticks around for too long Me because either. I fucking can't stand him. I don't him. think he does. I thought for sure that we were done with him, that we were going to get Jen chewing him out at the end mm-hmm. of the episode or maybe next episode, but instead he gets the redemption at the end where she, I think, I'm assuming, where she's like, you certainly got a charm about you. I don't know if it's like a redemption for him or speaks more to Jen's character. Yeah. Cause at first I was like, I fucking hate this. Cause I mean like, yes, of course right. we hate seeing Jen being fine with this guy being a total fucking homophobic uh, slime ball. But at the same time, like is this is the most Jen shit ever. It is. Like she just avoids 100%. every red flag with every boy that she's ever interested in. Just goes, yeah, but maybe we'll make it work. <laughs> He's got a cool leather yeah. jacket. He's cool. He uh, plays the keyboard. Well, like what the fuck, yeah. but it's so her and it's so frustrating. It really mm-hmm. is. I just hope it, He's like an in-between before something else for Jen. Like, I don't think he's going to last that long. He just doesn't seem like that kind of character that would last. No, he really doesn't. Yeah. He's too one-dimensional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know they're trying to show that he's got all these facets, but really he only has one, and that's he's a a religious bigot. Yeah. Right? Like, loves jazz gloves. Yeah. I love that they do try to make that meet the, the big dynamic yeah. thing for him. It's like, oh, how cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. During the day, I'm a bad boy, but at night, I'm a good boy unless I'm with you, baby. And also his fucking bigotry in the speech that he does at the mm-hmm. end where it's like we can learn from each other is the most one-sided, like, mm-hmm. alt-right yeah. shit I, I've totally. ever heard because yeah. – if you really break this down, if you really want to get into political science and talk about people like this that say, why can't we have both sides? Uh-huh. Uh, when one side believes that an entire group of people should not exist, there's no compromise with these yeah. people. So shut the fuck up, Tyson. Get the fuck out of my show. Yeah. <laughs> it, and I love that this show had this way back then, too. I mean, yes. like, you know, mm-hmm. that they, they had that this was enough of a trope that they put it in mm-hmm. here as and it still rings true today. Yes. That yeah. person is having that exact same conversation with a girl exactly like Jen in some small town right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That is still yeah. fucking happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- like I obviously like hated I hate Ty and I hate all of him and like all his things, but of me. <laughs> but I do like I one I was like seeing That was really good. Thanks. Seeing trying this. to get that jazz club. Sorry, Stella. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk, I promise. Seeing this uh com- the usual James. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Martini with a twist. Um, seeing this conversation play out, um, seems like way ahead of its time. Yeah. So oh, yeah. So yeah. that feels really important. And I can't like part of me like this whole time it's been like, what is the fucking point of Ty? Like he just seems so random, but I do wonder if it is, if the purpose of his character was to like, just have this, um, contrast of, um, going against Jack being gay to like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have that represented. Um, it's, it seems kind of like that as well as an opportunity to give Grams a little bit of redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We haven't mm-hmm. seen much at all of Grams in this season and maybe the writer's room still had a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth from the way that she used to act. So they're like, Hey, let's give this little detail in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing with Grams too, and this is like, okay, at first it's like, fuck yes, dude. Like, stand up and say like, you know, not all Christianity is bigoted, even though she's been racist in yep. previous episodes. But the, 
and that's cool. Like I'm glad that she's speaking up for Jack and it's awesome putting Tyson in his place. But at the same time, the, one of the things that she says is it's only for God to judge. Yeah. And it, yeah. that's like that same Christian shit Bullshit. of like, mm-hmm. don't uh, hate the sinner, hate the sin. Right. So in the back yeah. of her mind, you still know that yeah. she's being judgmental yes. in a different yeah. way. She's just choosing. She has so much self-control that she's choosing not to be. Mm-hmm. She's choosing to be. I don't know, forgiving and loving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's still a shitbag. She's still voting Republican. Yeah. Like that nothing has changed with her as a character. Um, but at the same time, it is nice seeing someone to tell Tyson to shut the fuck up. That's yeah. also a yeah. Christian. Um, I just want to quote this, this conversation between Ty and Jen. Um, so Ty had, um, let's see. Okay. So Jen says, how can you think that it's wrong? And uh, sorry, I thought I misread this. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, here we go. Okay. Jen says, how can you think that is wrong? Ty says, I never said it was wrong. I said it was a choice. Yeah. And then Jen says, so then you think it's okay? And then Ty says, no, I think it's wrong. Yeah, it's just that. <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Like, what? And also, <laughs> okay. perfect. That is, I'm sure that exact conversation <laughs> has happened. And that person who's saying, I don't think it's wrong. And then in the next breath says, I think it's wrong. They're not even <laughs> fucking aware of it. Yeah. 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 They don't even know what they're saying. They don't. <laughs> yeah. Because they're just full of fucking bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, again, I do like, I had mixed feelings about this episode, but um, I think this piece of showing this yeah. conversation between Ty and Jen was like super, like one of my highlights and just like super powerful and really important. And overall I was like, yeah, just pretty impressed. It was like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And we were wanting to see Jen's perspective in this. Remember last episode we were saying where, where the heck is Jen in this? So, you know, it was nice to see like, yeah. And they all were, I mean, not all, but for the most part, it served as actually a a group moment, not just a Jen and Ty moment. I do also hope that this is a, servicing for Jen in giving her this arc of, so like, okay, Tyson comes into her life and he's a Christian, but he's also uh, quote unquote cool. And I mean, I've seen his leather jacket. He's, it's he's pretty really sick. cool. Yeah. He is sick as fuck. And uh, I, I was I'm like hoping that this is all meant for Jen to be like, maybe I should give Christianity a shot. And then like, after she has given a shot for several episodes is her being like, Oh no, I was right all along. All these people are Mm. fucking nuts. Like, Mm -hmm. like, of course he would end up being a bigot because that's like what evangelical Christianity is. Uh, so Mm. I really hope like that is the point of all this. Right. Um, instead of the other version of that, uh, like my worst fear is the church. Yeah, or like yeah. her and Tyson do date and they learn from each other and she's like, you know what, you're right. To, it's okay to be kind of bigoted. Yeah, or just compromise some, on your personal values. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, she seems pretty firm in her beliefs. She does. She does, which is why I don't think that will yeah. happen. Yeah. But. yeah. Yeah. I think it's maybe, I think we're supposed to see that Jen is learning, but she's still not there yet. Yeah. Because if she was there, she wouldn't be with Ty right now. Mm-hmm. But she is, we're seeing her have these moments where she is kind of, bending a little bit in the in the pursuit of like betterment and being happy but then also still standing to her own values because i think that whole like well you've got a certain charisma about you that's if she were really adamant and like fully progressed she would be like sorry they can do it bud we have irreconcilable differences Mm -hmm. and i can tell from the way you're talking about this you're not genuine about actually like actually learning and growing yeah Mm -hmm. but she's not able to see that or say that yet so I think, you know, we're seeing growth from her and I like that we're seeing growth from her instead of just being told 
in little yeah. off plot beats, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it could have easily just been like next episode, Jen's by herself and she's back with the group. Mm-hmm. We assume that her entire done, but yeah. we got to see a little bit of it today. Yeah. I want to rewind a little bit. So you said you're a little mixed on this episode. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Um, I don't like, let's see. I didn't love the writing. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought there were like, I don't know. There were like a few pieces that I really liked and, and then some of it, like, I was just kind of eh on. Be specific. About what I didn't like. Yeah. With the writing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's like hard for me to say, cause I've never been in a situation where I've had to like come out to my parent or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, the, the dad just seemed kind of unbelievably mean. It felt like over acting or overwritten to be like really, uh, big, big and yeah, just like horrible. <laughs> and then I like the scene with Jack and his dad where Jack like comes out, like I thought it was really powerful and like gave me goosebumps, but also it, I don't know. It also just felt like over the top and it kind of just like felt like a soap opera and, didn't really believe mm. his like it, it seemed like kind of like fake crying and like he was really, really like forcing mm. it. Damn. Um. Yeah. I don't know because I did. I also was like this is like a really great moment, but it also just like felt a little bit over the top to me. Hmm. I can see that it was it was definitely the most like it, it was the it was the climax. Right? Yeah. It was the largest emotion that we're getting from at least the last couple of episodes mm-hmm. and definitely this episode. Um, but that's interesting. I mean, yeah. And then Andy just being like, get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I think I'm just generally more forgiving for a lot of these things because it's a teen melodrama and it's like Mm -hmm. playing within the genre that it is. And so it's like, if this was like Mad Men or something, I'd be like, wow, this is a fucking zero out of five. Like this is Mm -hmm. insanely over the top. But I feel like because it's already like these constraints already exist. There's like so many like archetypal characters like Daddy McPhee. I mean, look at Mr. Peterson too, yeah. mm-hmm. where it's like this is the world in which it's been written in. So yeah. it's like that's why I'm like very cool with it. Hmm. But that's f- super fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we need to discuss this on the other side of our very first commercial break. Whoa. Yeah. Right. Bye. 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 Well, here's the reason why I think, like, I normally agree, Stella, with uh, Mr. McPhee. Like, he's very specifically hardened to a point of immobility, right? Like, he is, like, so stern and just an asshole. There's nothing else to that character. But I was trying to think of, like, the themes of the show. And and one thing that I just, like, can't get over is, like, we've talked at length about the negative association the show places on traditional roles of authority, parents, cops, teachers, et cetera. It seems in one way or another, every character has some sort of conflict with authority in a way that completely shapes their identity as well as providing them with something to overcome. So like Dawson and his separated parents, Pacey and his shitbag cop family, plus Mr. Peterson, Jen's parental abandonment, conflict with Grams, Jack and Andy with their parents, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But then thinking also about like the themes of this episode and 
you have uh, Christianity with Tyson's homophobia and his relationship to an evangelical God. I couldn't help but draw a parallel from that story to the parallel of Mr. McPhee. And in some kind of way, it, he almost feels like a representation of like an Old Testament version of God. Hmm. And I know I'm like drawn things. I'm not trying to say that this is what it is, but to me, like I see this in the text and like, this is what I'm drawing from it. So when Mr. McPhee is away on business, his presence is still felt in the McPhee house. Uh, there's been so many conversations and themes explored throughout the series about the impact of their broken family since their father went away on business. And that kind of equates to the old Testament idea of God. It's like God created all of this and then dips mm. and you're just supposed to have to like wait until he returns be that the Christian Christ, or if you're Jewish, you're still waiting for that return to happen. And for Jack, his father's abandonment is also tied into his emotional detachment for not accepting the fact that he's gay, which obviously in the Old Testament, being gay right. is a sin, according to those texts. And then also for Andy, it's the need to always please him with nothing ever mm. being enough for him, which is also an Old Testament God kind of idea. It's like, no matter what you do, like God will still punish you. Even in mm -hmm. the story of Job, who did everything right, God punished him just for fun. So the culmination of this narrative arc is like the children, you know, being Andy and Jack, they have self-actualization and a rejection of his presence. It's almost like a God is dead kind of mm -hmm. idea. It's they never really needed him and are better off in his absence. And to that, this represents an overall arc for every other main character in this series. Their self-actualization lies within the rejection of their own personal God or authority. Dawson overcoming the trauma of his parents, Pacey overcoming the trauma of his family, Jen overcoming the trauma of her parental abandonment, so on and so forth. So when I think of Mr. McPhee as this like one note character of this like fucking asshole who has like written in stone, like these are my rules and this is why you must obey them. It feels almost like the 10 mm -hmm. commandments. Like I've written that being gay is wrong. So it has to be that way. But until we as a people reject the idea of God and reject this old Testament way of thinking, then we'll never self-actualize. And I feel like Jack almost, I mean, this is written by fucking Kevin Williamson yeah. who was closeted for his entire life. I don't know what his religious background is, but I guarantee that his life up until this point was feeling this way. It's like yeah. society, be it God or whatever you want to really call it. It's everything in authority has told me that who I am as a person is wrong and there's no moving that it's immovable. Mm. And so there's no way for them to accept that. So instead I have to completely reject it to be who I am. I love that read. Yeah. It's a great read. Mm. I think that's great. <clears throat> I think you're, you're spot on with that analogy or the, the similarities between him and Ty in their characterization of this story, or sorry, not the story, of, of what's happening with yeah. Jack, with sexuality. I thought, I mean, not to pivot too hard, but I, I, I loved the kind of melodramatics of that scene specifically yeah. mm -hmm. because Jack's performance was fucking awesome awesome until there's just one little bit the little the very end when he when he kind of when he kind of cries and i thought the crying looked a little fake up until that point though like when he screams at his dad that mm -hmm. he's gay and he and you know it oh my mm -hmm. god yeah. like chills yeah like so it felt so raw and it felt so real and it felt probably cathartic i can imagine it have been have it i can imagine I can imagine it having been very cathartic for Kevin Williamson to have that yes. scene yeah. in that. I don't know what his coming out was like, but it just, mm -hmm. I can just assume that it was maybe a little bit traumatic because that's what we just saw. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for a lot of people, coming out was very traumatic. Yes. So having it there, I'd love to hear from people who've come out in the queer community. Like, what does seeing this scene help or hurt? Is it like mm-hmm. reliving Good the question. trauma or is it actually like helpful to see it yeah. on mm-hmm. the screen in another kind of more neutral way? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. I do. Uh, I uh, I work, one of my managers at work is uh, only a little bit older than me, but she was a huge Dawson's Creek fan. And uh, we keep, like, she's very busy at her work. And so every once in a while, I'll just message her on Teams sure. being like, we just got to this part, we just got to this part. And so I messaged her, I'm like, holy shit, Jack standing up to his dad and coming out. And the only thing she responded with was like, I view this as like a cornerstone of like media for me as a child. Wow. Like so wow. fucking huge. Totally. So I imagine for a lot of yeah. people, this is big. I think it's a huge, I mean, it yeah. it was awesome to see. It, it really was. was. Yeah. I'm wondering, do we feel like Jack in this episode was the main, we were talking about main character last yes. episode, Cody, you were talking about how it felt more like Pacey was. Do you feel like in this episode with, it's, uh, was it closer to, I don't, I don't think that we're in a simulation. <laughs> I, I don't think that I don't believe in simulation theory, but it almost felt as though someone went into my brain and course corrected, yeah. <laughs> like everything that I complained about in mm-hmm. the previous episode, yeah. because it's the exact opposite here. Totally. Like Jack has authority and agency over his own narrative. Mm-hmm. And instead of other people just like participating, uh, based on what's happening to him, right. he's mm-hmm. in control and everyone else has their own narratives that deal similar with similar themes. And I thought I, it was very rich. I think this is the first time we've seen Jack's bedroom as well. I noticed oh, that there is yeah. a scene in Jack's bedroom mm-hmm. and I don't think we've ever seen, like, I think it's, he's been in like Andy, Andy's bedroom before right. or the hallway, yeah. but we actually see his bedroom and there's lots of art on the walls and I feel like it's kind of like, we're now learning more about him. So it makes sense. Now we're kind of being, you know, mm-hmm. seeing the inside of, mm-hmm. of his world kind of. Yeah, and that's when he's like throwing the tennis ball against yeah. the wall and mm-hmm. Andy comes yeah. in to kind of like, yeah. I don't know. She was, she was like supportive, but then she was also like, but you have to understand daddy has got a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Her self-actualization was almost in a different way of like, yeah. I don't want to call it her coming out, but it like for her, she did self-actualize and it was like getting underneath his or getting away from being underneath his thumb. Yeah. And uh, it took a really long time because she really wanted daddy's approval for quite a long time. Yeah. I feel like that gives us like a little insight more Mm -hmm. into her of just like, yeah, this, her like perfectionist personality. And it's like, she's really just trying to like please her dad. approval. Yeah. 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 For Mm -hmm. sure. Also, Cody, Ah! you um, predicted the the storyline between Ty and Jen. Did I? Yeah, because my memory is bad. In the last episode, I think you had said um, you thought that this was gonna, like this conflict was going to come up mm. between them, yeah. and that you were hoping Jen would like dump him. Yeah, you hear that, listeners? Big brain over here. Wow. <laughs> Did you watch the, this episode before? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and then when we watched it, you were like, "I called it." <laughs> oh, did I? Yes. Don't remember that either. <laughs> Cody, what's my name? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> What am I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about the actor who played Daddy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anybody see a little show called The Staircase? He looks just like him. Doesn't he look yes, exactly he looks just like Michael him. fucking Peterson, yes. the yes, guy yes, who yes. killed his wife by pushing her totally. down the staircase and then tried to blame it on an owl? It was yeah. an owl. Come on. <laughs> he, looks he looks exactly just like him. Like yes, him. Yeah. It fucking freaked me out. And then I was like, wait. Mr. Peterson is the teacher, the really mean teacher at school. Ooh. Holy shit, is this intentional? I don't know. It's got to be. It's a message to me that, this, that they think Mr. Peterson, Michael Peterson, did it. Wow. And I also think that In maybe way. they're trying to foreshadow that Daddy McPhee is going to 
push a lady down the stairs? <laughs> Mommy McPhee down yeah. the stairs Damn. because he's got a lot of problems that they can't solve. But is he going to solve a problem Yikes. that is mommy being sick? And I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, if yeah. Dawson's Creek took a super dark turn like yeah. that, yeah. that would be pretty amazing. I mean, they're going to run out of ideas eventually. <laughs> yeah. People got to get pushed downstairs. It's going to be like se- middle of season five. And they're like, I don't know. What do we do? Daddy McPhee kills mommy McPhee, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't tell us <laughs> just like feels really uh unbelievable that this dad has just like left his kids yeah. to take care of this ill mom and is then complaining about having to drive back to like mm-hmm. see if they're doing okay it's just like right. ah! maybe really angry yes. i wonder if we'll see him again because he said he'll i'll be back in three months or something or three weeks or something mm-hmm. wonder yeah and then jack's he's like, sticking don't around come back, i know don't come back. Don't go back, dad. You're not my dad. I mean, pretty cool if you're that dad and you're like, oh, cool. I got an out. They told me to leave. Yeah, I'm totally yeah, dad. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, go ahead. No, I was going to I was gonna say, I think it is super unbelievable, but at the same time, I think it's something that happens a lot more. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is something that yeah. definitely happens and it's just the way that they're kind of portraying yeah. him as being mm-hmm. like, I think it would be different if we were to modernize this show. Mm-hmm. They'd be living in a single wide trailer. Mommy would be in the back in bed, bedridden all the time because they don't have anybody to care for them. And then when dad comes into town, you know, he's like a deadbeat. I don't, I don't buy Mm. this. Like they still live in a fucking mansion. Yeah. And like have (laughs) really nice clothes. Well, because it's daddy's money, right? I know, but I mean, it is, it is. But like how, you know, it doesn't make sense that he's like, that checked out and they still have all this money. If he's that checked out, wouldn't they be not getting checks or they're yeah. getting not enough yeah. money or whatever it might be? Why would he be paying for this huge ass I know. House? That's why I wonder if there's going to be more of him, if there's something behind that. Like, I mean, like, uh, he, I don't know. To don't be know. devil's advocate, like, I'm not going to name names or anything, but I did have a friend in high school who had this yeah. family life. Like, dad was extremely rich, never home, never True. spent any time with kids and the wife, and was just like, like, kids felt abandoned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was just a workaholic yeah. and yeah. was just like, never paid attention to anything. Yeah. 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 I guess that's a good point. And in a, in a, modern telling of the story that would probably be a very resonant story because I think in the in the 90s that story was basically like deadbeat dad or dad's got two families that he's split yeah, double between. Life. Yeah. yeah so seeing it this way and done in a very kind of like mealy-mouthed half-handed mm-hmm. you know they're not really doing anything mm-hmm. even when they brought him in he's like I've got business yeah like we've I never got, seen him go. where where he is over his yeah. business like give us a scene where he's like whatever he's doing you know you know what he's yeah. doing he's working with <laughs> mr man meat on the kelp <laughs> like, do you know how hard yeah. it is to get investors into a restaurant that is water themed <laughs> i mean also to like not to be devil's advocate again but it's like think about his trauma his son died mm-hmm. his his the lo- let's mm-hmm. just say that she's the love of his life they've been together for years they're married for a reason they had three beautiful children together <laughs> and she is like emotionally completely distant because she's going through a mental health crisis yeah. and so the only way that he knows how to respond to that trauma because he is a bigot weirdo is just work. And he's like, yeah. if I never have to be home, then I don't have to think about yeah. all this trauma. Grief looks like yeah. different thing, you know, it comes in different, you know, forms. So which doesn't uh, excuse no, it doesn't excuse shag, it, but, but 
but yeah. yeah. And also to draw another parallel to Michael Peterson from The Staircase, <laughs> if he is a closeted homosexual man who is living a double life there where he's go, having yeah. gay mm. sex, he would then project his hatred on his oh. son for being gay yeah. and tell him this is a problem. Because I thought it was interesting. I'm leaning in. Listeners, you might be able to tell. I thought it was interesting that when he was talking to Jack about him being gay, he wasn't telling him you're not gay. He was telling him basically don't say you're gay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretend you're not, or at least keep it a secret. He wasn't saying like the same words as Ty, where he's like being gay is a sin. Being gay is wrong. He was just like, look, this is a problem we can't deal with. Mm -hmm. Hide it. Yeah. That's an interesting. Yeah. Good observation. Mm -hmm. It's astute. I mean, yeah, if he's, I mean, I don't, well, who knows? I mean, like we just said, like in season five, what the fuck are they going to do? Push people downstairs? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll get like an entire arc about Jack's dad being gay and having a secret life. I mean, that could be rich. They're going to go to like Boston Pride Fest and they're going to see Jack's dad walking in the parade. Like, what? (laughs) I can't wait for this show to go on the road. You know, they're in San Francisco. Um, Pacey. Yeah. What a guy. Mm -hmm. Pacey and the teacher. Um, it was pretty cool seeing Pacey like take charge and, um, that seems to be like his consistent like theme of just like, he's gonna fight for what he believes in, which is really cool. But to see him like go and like, I'm going to go do this research and take action. And then collect testimony from 20 students in a night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was pretty cool. He's in his own little like spy thriller movie in this episode. (laughs) Something like really clicked for me this episode with Pacey and Mr. Peterson. And it feels weird that we haven't talked about this before because this is the second episode with this kind of arc going on. But uh, it seems now that the two biggest arcs for Pacey in the show have both dealt with teachers. Uh, Oh, yeah. Hmm. One is Miss Jacobs, one is Mr. Peterson. And Hmm. in very different but specific ways uh both teachers violate a code of ethics with their students for sure right mm-hmm. and it seems like pacey's mission in firing mr peterson could represent pacey overcoming his own trauma with miss mm-hmm. jacobs that mm-hmm. he may or may not even realize is affecting him like, yeah. like mr peterson jacobs exploited pacey regardless of his own desires for her and he's processing this trauma by finding his own agency and power and by single-handedly getting rid of mr peterson pacey then regains control over a power structure that has abused him. And I don't know, this also might seem like a smarter, better way for the writer's room to like make up for that Miss Jacobs art by having Pacey overcome this type of authority. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like really like what this is supposed to represent, but it does seem specific that like the two biggest things yeah. in his life that have mm-hmm. affected him are both teachers. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's definitely a theme about in Pacey's life and his character you know, arc, there is a theme of authority because again, building into this, not just with teachers, his dad's the fucking chief of police. His yeah. brother is a cop. All of this, all of the authority figures in his life basically hate him, take advantage of him, do not support him or in, in any really, any real way, meaningful way, be there for him. So I think there's definitely a theme of, you know, rejection of authority or him having his own like problems with being taken advantage of. And now kind of exacting his own vengeance, processing his own trauma, as you said, um, taking control back into his own hands. 
And I think it's interesting because I was attributing Pacey's newfound, as Jack put it in that last episode, right? Or two episodes ago, like Jack, Pacey's like addicted to to solving <laughs> yeah. being a hero or whatever. I kind of attributed that to Andy, but I think you're kind of right. It's just him processing through, I mean, it's both. It can be both. Mm, yeah. It's not just one. Yeah. But I think that's an interesting thought that maybe it's more his own life that's leading to this, less that it is Andy. I think that makes it more meaningful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of it just being like, yeah, my girlfriend made me read this book from Bill Clinton's fucking <laughs> campaign manager. And now I'm addicted to fucking solving problems. <laughs> he's also, he's watching Jerry Maguire on repeat. Yeah. And yeah. He mm-hmm. says like, quote, speaks to my current situation as a renegade moral crusader. Yeah. So he's, you know, pointing it out himself that that's, that's what he's doing right now. And yeah. I'm sure, I mean, like we're talking about the subconscious, yeah. right? Like he probably in his mind, he's probably like, I got to be a hero and like save the day right. for like other students. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, it seems so pointed that it's a teacher again yeah. and mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. he's 15. Well, is, is he 16? Has he, has he had a birthday party yet? Hey, well, 16? Who knows? Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, all I remember is the one on the We dock, didn't get to see it. Oh, that was the sweet 16. 16? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, 15 years old, he probably still thinks it's cool that he slept with Miss Jacobs. And it's yeah. not going to be until yeah. he's like maybe in his 20s where he realizes, wow, that yeah. was extremely fucked up, you know? I wonder if they'll ever talk about it. I hope they do. Yeah. Um. So a couple things about like this kind of like final scene between Mr. Peterson and Pacey. Mr. Peterson says, but, well, Pacey apologizes mm-hmm. for what he did. And then Mr. Peterson says that it was like the most dignified uh, thing that the he- The one. one. One, Yeah. That's, I, I think I know where you're going, but mm-hmm. are you, are you saying like he was saying something nice? to Yeah, Pacey? it was very confusing. I think he was giving him a backhanded compliment. I don't exactly. think it's actually, yeah, it was, yeah. he was saying like, that was an admirable thing you did. But what he's saying is it's the one admirable thing mm-hmm. you've mm. done. You've never done anything in your life. And this is the one good thing you've done. Don't go back on it now. Yeah. The that, scene is, it was a weird scene. Cause like the teacher also said that he was going to retire anyway, but then he blames Pacey directly for right. ending his career. And I'm just like, I, well, yeah. we're, yeah, we're seeing some <laughs> interesting. I love the idea though, that he's like, Oh boy, I'm going to be under review and I'm going to get into some trouble. You know what? I'm just going to retire early and none of this is going to be a problem anymore. Yeah. No, I think you're still like all these things. If they're real, wouldn't they all still happen? But I guess it's TV, so yeah. it's not going to happen. <laughs> but like, you're still in trouble, buddy. Yeah, like, I would hope so. Yeah. Unless he's like just moving away. He's moving to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Bye. And the, the other piece of that conversation was Pacey saying, you know, like, um, what is it? Uh, you don't get respect from fear. You yeah. get it from compassion. compassion yeah. yeah. And then the teacher's like, well, should I respect, respect you? you? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Should, I, don't, I thought people, that was an interesting question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think yeah. it's, he's intentionally twisting it to make exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but it's like, well, yeah, if you zoomed out, if you had a compassionate view, you would respect me for the compassion that I'm, that I have exemplified mm-hmm. regard. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a cool quote. And, uh, in it, I, again, that plays into this idea of like killing God in my mind because he is like an authority that has been conquered. And Pacey's idea of like, ruling by fear, which is the Old Testament God, like, mm-hmm. yeah. does not work. You have to 
get, you have to gain respect uh, through compassion and Mm -hmm. not to get like too Jesus-y, but if you actually look at the Bible and everything that Jesus says and does, he does explicitly say, I am here to replace the old way. And everything Jesus said was like, yeah, love everybody and treat everyone equal and we'll create heaven on earth. And uh, the Christians now have turned that into um, being fucking insane people. So (laughs) But that feels like so like pointed like now is there a deeper is there another religious um metaphor with just in the name peterson like peter son the apostle peter isn't there an apostle oh, peter i'm sure they could get is, more into a, it does he have a biblical story i don't know shit about the bible so i'm sure he does and i don't know it i wonder if it's remember. like peter was a teacher and mm. he was teaching some kids and then somebody spit in his face yeah and then he decided <laughs> to retire early and move to florida mm. yeah. that sounds really funny right yeah yeah mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's probably the story. Cool. Sweet. How did y'all feel about? Uh, I mean, Dawson and Joey are clearly oh yeah like mm. regaining yeah. something here. Yeah. There were multiple. I thought multiple kissy moments. Multiple were, kissy moments. You know, oh, yeah. dancing moments. Slow yeah, dancing, at the walking the home jazz moments, bar at the yeah. house. The, yeah. When am I sexual? Let oh me show my, you how extremely sexual. You are. sexual. That's too, that's how two teenagers talk to each other, right? I mean, I haven't been a no, teenager what? in a long time. What does but that even mean? Teens right in. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Okay, so like when with that. <laughs> I mean, it would be in. different if it was the line was Joey, you are extremely sexy, but yeah. like yeah. you are extremely sexual. It was just like, well, <laughs> Josephine, you are extremely <laughs> sexual. <laughs> so when, when I, I see you, my penis begins to frog. <laughs> Yummy has happened in there. Do you think Dawson's God. penis has a little haircut like Dawson? <laughs> Stop. Like a little, Stop. Like a tiny little wig. Oh, we got about to say a wig. Yeah. It wears a flannel. You know that. Some Photoshop. <laughs> some little baggy jeans around his nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, everyone. I'm not. Yeah, that's. This is what you wanted, right? Please Photoshop <laughs> that. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> no, don't Photoshop no, that. Yeah. Well, I sent it to my personal <laughs> <Yeah>. email. <laughs> Please. Uh, <laughs> when that scene happened and Dawson is like, you're extremely sexual. And I mean, like that fucking sucked. Yeah. And I also weird. don't like Joey and Dawson together. Like we've already talked about how they like, don't have chemistry. And, and I guess that's like a meta thing with the actors, but also like at the same time, like these characters like do not belong together. No. Like, but it, then rewatching it, I'm like, this makes so much sense. Like it makes sense that Joey for the first time in her life wants to be underneath or like away from being under Dawson's shadow. Right. And how does she do that? She gets into art, which indirectly gets her in, into Jack, et cetera. And so of course Jack blows up in her face. What does she do? She reverts, you mm-hmm. know, she digresses and goes back to being like who she was. And of course Dawson being a fucking goon being like, you're sexually like he, he, there's no emotional depth to Dawson. All he's got his only zingers are you're sexual and you're beautiful and you're blossoming. And she's just like, yeah, that's fucking easy. Like that's comforting. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. easy and uncomplicated. I know how to read your eyes. Exactly. Yeah. Like there, there's nothing challenging about Dawson. So Mm-mm. as gross as that scene was and the slow dancing shit and like yeah. all this being stupid. And like, at first I was like, this is like bad dialogue, but then I'm like, maybe this is good dialogue because it's yeah. showing that Joey will just eat up whatever shit he says mm-hmm. in this moment. Yeah. It's predictable that it happened, but I think it's also very, realistic that yeah. it happened and it's true to the characters that it yeah. happened. Yeah. So on the one hand, I was a little bit like, really, we're not like, we're not going to have a fucking moment, like a little beat between. Yeah. Um, but I mean, 
then I'm like, actually, no, that makes perfect sense that we're not going to have that. But it's, yeah, like, what it else, looks right it's now. like, what else do you expect from Dawson? I mean, and from taking opportun- yeah. this opportunistic moment. You know, and I think like, if, yeah. if, if we think about Joey, like she, she probably is suffering some amount of shame. Totally. Yeah. You yeah. know, she probably wants to move beyond this as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And to your point, what's a safer move, like going out into the world or going out into the world with somebody you know and trust and will kind of like be there for you, maybe yeah. regardless of whatever happens. And she's clearly a sexual person and she wants to be wanted. Yes. And I'm not even like joking. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it's like, well, yeah. she wants to be first. wanted and the first person that she thought actually wanted her outside of Dawson ended up being gay. So yeah. like, of yeah. course, like- shake your- mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it'd rattle you. So self, I don't want to call it self-soothing, but it is like- yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll be a healing moment for her to get someone to be wanting her again. Yeah. And who does she know that wants her more than anything? The fucking idiot next door. Yeah. Yeah. So when he says to her that he said, quote, the real question is why did you choose Jack? Mm-hmm. Do, do you guys think he's implying that she was like rebounding from him, rebounding from him, from Dawson? Or is he trying to put it like, what was the, what was know. his, I think that is his the reasoning of that line. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Because, sure. You could read that that as like, well, you have to think about the reasons that you chose Jack, i.e. the art thing, right? You guys right, were closely yeah. aligned here. Or did you just make a rash decision, i.e. Mm-hmm. you were rebounding from me? Mm-hmm. But I think that, that maybe is what he's getting yeah, at. Yeah. I don't know if he necessarily has his mind up, mind made up one way or the mm-hmm. other, though. I don't think he's necessarily saying it with venom, if that makes no, sense. No, I didn't think so either. I was, just, I was just curious what everyone thought, but yeah. Um, also, Joey seemed like very stressed in a mm. lot of this episode. Like in the, in the first, yeah, I don't know. I wonder. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, like in the first scene, we see her like she's like looking for her books and she's like talking about how she's been just like really tired yeah. and yeah. Um, it doesn't really seem related to the Jack stuff. It isn't. It is. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I think it's both. Like on the surface, it isn't, but in her mind, it's all she's been thinking about and dealing yeah. with. And even if she won't admit that, it's all encompassing. Mm-hmm. And in that very first scene, I think we get we get that when she's like, why does everybody have to keep talking about it? Even though yeah. it's already settled. Yeah. yeah. Like, and well, then she's because going to, it's clearly not settled. Yeah. yeah. And then she's like going to great lengths to like, you know, yeah. make it look like everything's okay. Like with them having a dinner with him and a menu mm. and like public display of affection and things like that. So it's yeah. like, I think a lot is going on for her. I definitely think a yeah. lot is going on for her. But one thing I did think was interesting in our shots of her life and all of the things that she's talking about Baby Alexander, mm. where the fuck is that little kid? Is he just like, he's just, he's he, got a job. He, he, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's out working. He's he, at the ice house. He drowned, <laughs> he drowned in the creek. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, no. uh, I think they just put him on a Roomba and they're like, just keep it going, bud. <laughs> Never give up. Do, are we supposed to assume that they're written out of the show? Like, is that, I mean, it was the nineties. They did this all the time. Right. So is it just like. Bodie took Alexander. Yeah. yeah. We're supposed Weird. to think that, I guess. <sighs> yeah. Cause Bessie's think- still occasionally there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And never acknowledges him or no. their child. But if there weren't the, if, like the ice house wasn't there, I feel like we wouldn't even see Bessie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, we, Cause we see Joey at home, but we never see Bessie at home. It seems like an episode just- in season three, they're just going to be yeah. like, yeah, the ice house is now the wet net. And then Bessie's gone. It's the kelp. The kelp finally <laughs> yeah, the opened. Kelp. Ice house is gone. Bessie's, no. she never existed. Joey was always a single daughter. <laughs> single yeah, daughter? Single, single daughter. daughter. <laughs> Joey was always a single daughter. All the single daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh boy. 
Well, does anybody have anything else on this episode? Um, I also, I really like the moment at the end where Pacey and Andy apologize to each other and Andy saying that she wants a partner, not in a shining arm, not a knight in shining armor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about them. Yeah, I was going to say, what what do people think about Pacey's apology versus Andy's apology? Don't have any thoughts, to be completely honest. I just okay. feel weird about their relationship. But what do you, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? He didn't take, he didn't have much of an apology. Hers yeah. was way, was a lot more like, you know, she was blaming herself for making Pacey into a hero character kind of. And, it, and, and then Pacey's was basically like, it didn't, there wasn't much in, in, in the line. It was just yeah. like, I am sorry. I haven't, and I haven't seen you in a week or something. Yeah. And it was like, I thought I, I felt like it was a little like they're, I thought he's apologized for like putting, um, putting the spotlight on. I think you might be right. But yeah. I also, I mean, I didn't really feel like he had much to apologize I would for. Agree. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. No, I, I think, I mean, I don't think that, to be fair, I don't think that really either one of I don't them know. had much that's, to apologize for. That's what I'm for. saying. I don't know if Andy had a ton to apologize for either. I just mm-hmm. felt like it was like, it was like the, the balance there was, it was, it was a, discombobulated. It, it, it was discombobulated. Yeah. He said one yeah. sentence and she said a paragraph. Yes, and yes. then he said, wow, way to one up me again or like yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate to see because this show really doesn't give much to the female characters in the show as, as far as like, you know, their own characters. It's all kind of all contextualized around their partners. So I would have really liked to see Pacey maybe have more to it than more to the apology than Andy kind of coming back. She, to me, came across as a little bit like blustery, blubbery, like trying to get, yeah. you know, she realized that like she should have apologized. And she, so she is apologizing. And I, I don't know. It, I didn't really like it, but I, I also just am kind of like in a weird spot with the two of them. Like mm-hmm. their relationship feels just a little bit strained still. And I think what's supposed to probably. Mm. I did like it though, because it, for me, it's her Neo in the matrix wake up moment. Sure. And she, yeah. and for her to approach Pacey and actually apologize, yeah. but also specifically say like, I'm, I've been trying to turn you into a different person mm-hmm. yeah. and that's fucked up. And we need to like find equal ground that opens a yeah. world for her. And now I don't know, like, do, will they even stay together as a couple? Is Pacey really what she wants or will she right. want yeah. like someone who's also kind of anal and type a, like yeah. that would make mm-hmm. more sense for her. And what if they introduce a new character named like Eugene? Exactly. And it's going to be Eugene. Got, he, or uh, Benjamin. You know, it's got to be like a three Benjamin syllable Bunchy. name that does, they, he does not shorten. <laughs> and he's got glasses. Yep. Got to have glasses. Carries big binder all the time. I'm just imagining books. Eugene Levy. It's got to be Eugene <laughs> Levy. I'm, I'm imagining Eugene from Hey Arnold. <laughs> Mixed with Eugene from Hey Arnold. Half animated, yeah. half old man. <laughs> Playing a 15 year old boy <laughs> who's very stressed about school all the time. <laughs> like this. Yeah. Cool. In, so the, the, fan in the modern reboot, that's our exactly. casting. Yeah. Eugene Levy, half animated. We have the technology yeah. now to do this with AI. So. <laughs> I've seen The Irishman. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. So I just wanted to talk about in the final scene with Jack and Joey. Um, I don't know if we've touched on that yet where she's preparing this dinner. She thinks yes. he, you know, she's, he did the rain check. So she thinks he's coming in. And, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about what he was wearing. So he's wearing, Jack is wearing a black faux fur lined leather jacket. And I thought this was like a, a very bold and powerful look for this moment where he finally comes out to Joey, you know, um, 
directly. And then, yeah, I just think it was like an intentional style shift as we see him become more comfortable with revealing his true self. It looked, it was a, a different look for him and Definitely. I liked that. Yeah, and I mean, I think it was also kind of refreshing that they dressed him in a, what would usually be a traditionally masculine outfit when, you know, like it's easy in media to make somebody coming out or a queer character as very flamboyant. Yeah, mm. They didn't yeah. dress him flamboyant No, it, it has a little bit of flair though. It's like a, sure. it has style, whereas like mm. before he hasn't really had, there hasn't really been much to yeah. what he's, you know, what he he's wearing. So I think that... Yeah, it was There's a been moment. There's a lot of leather jackets. Yeah, mm -hmm. they were popular in the 90s too. Yeah. But different styles, you know. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. But also to costuming, uh, we had the hot and cold color combinations oh. again. Because when Jack tells Joey he can't come to dinner, he's wearing blue and she's wearing red. That's, so it's ooh, like the same like, thing, hot yeah. and cold thing. Uh -huh. Yeah, and, uh, and it feels like now we kind of know why. It's like two opposites that can't mesh together. Your then, mics are uh, hot and cold. Uh -oh. Colors. <sighs> Cody and Stella. Uh oh. Well, <laughs> trying to tell us something. No. <laughs> Where's my father, <laughs> <laughs> Daddy? But also to that, to that, like uh, divorce from this is Dawson is wearing green almost the entire episode, oh, okay. which feels like natural, organic, yeah. earthy. And it's like I don't really want to say this, but does that mean that like he is the one? He's mm. the the natural mm. person for mm -hmm. Joey. I also say Good, yeah, green with envy. Green with envy. Ah. Green with money, baby. Money, please. <laughs> Mr. Cinema. Going to go to Hollywood and become a rich man. Next Michael Bay. <laughs> well. I think we did it. We did it. That's season two, episode 15. Disgust. Disgust, baby. baby. You know what that means? It's time for ratings and recommendations. Bow, bow, bow. And Ooh. Peak Creek moments. Mm -hmm. And Peak Creek. Creek moments. Who wants to go first? I guess that's me. Uh, Y'all... Whoa. Sorry, I blew Whoa. my mic out. Wow, what? that surprised Wowie. the shit out of me. I Coming from this episode, I felt oh. that all the pieces came together and this feels like a perfect episode of what the show can be in my oh. mind. Wow. And I'm saying for this show. Earlier yeah. I made the Mad Men thing like this would not work in an episode of Mad Men, but this works in an episode of Dawson's Creek. And I feel like everything is working for the perfect episode of Dawson's Creek. All the themes are aligned. I feel like the writing was significantly intricate for what was going on. It seemed impactful. It was rich. I liked what was happening. And even the things that I didn't like was happening made sense to the characters. I think it's a perfect episode of the show and I think it's the wow. best episode of the series so far. Whoa. And, and just beyond that, the fact that they're having a queer coming out story yeah. in 1999 and it's handled with such grace as what they do with it, I think also rules. And I love that Jack is not a like flamboyant gay character because that would have been so easy yeah. to do in the nineties. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're not doing that here. Uh, really cool. And it seems like uh, also personal writing yourself into the narrative. Mm -hmm. Kevin Williamson, this felt very rich to his own experiences. I can only assume. So, Perfect episode, I think, of Dawson's Creek. Oh, yeah. I Peak love Creek, it. Peak Creek wow. moment. You're going to think it's him coming out as gay, but no, Peak Creek moment, jazz keys, baby. Oh, <laughs> Who yeah. is this yeah. Christian drinker? Yeah, that's <laughs> hard to beat for sure. Yeah, because that's when I really knew. This guy is a fucking asshole. <laughs> I am going to give this episode a four. Um, I thought it was better than the previous episode in terms of Jack's story. Um, finally seeing him... Mm -hmm. be more of like the main character for this, this storyline. Uh, I thought there was like still maybe a little too much of the pacey hero stuff and maybe some was unrealistic, uh, but I, but it was nice to see him 
having this goal of getting rid of the teacher and that, you know, following through with that. Um, also, I'm glad they finally looped Jen in on having her opinion and then ha- using Ty's character as the, like, contrast to that. And then, although Grams is still clearly stuck in her religious ways, it was nice to see her come to Jen's defense and refreshing and character building for Grams as well. And and I'm hoping to see, like, more, you know, between them. Yeah. So Four, yeah. Peak Creek moment? Oh, Peak Creek. I had a couple. I was trying to decide between them, but the, the teacher leaving and then also Graham's putting Ty in his place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, man, okay. I think I'm going to give it a 3.9. Wow. Um, not a four. Not a, not a four. four. Can't be the same as... <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, as we talked about it, I felt like I, I've liked it more. I still feel like I didn't enjoy some of the writing, but like the, the two big things that I really loved were super important. And that is Jack coming out as gay. And then I think the conversation we see between Jen and Ty, like the fact that that was all like represented, I think is huge and makes me really love the episode. But then I also didn't like a lot of other pieces. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna say 3.9. Um, Pete Creek moment, I think is Jack coming out to his daddy. Daddy. All right. Well, that leaves me. I'm going to go ahead and be ballpark buds with the three of us here. I'm going to go four stars. I thought this episode was all in all pretty good. Like if it weren't for the Jack coming out storyline or that, that specifically the interaction between him and his daddy and then him talking to Joey, um, I probably would have rated this a three lower. But those two scenes really kind of delivered on on the two-parter. Remember, this is the second of a two-parter. I think mm, it's important mm-hmm. to yeah. remember that. Um, and like we were struggling with last time being so focused on Pacey and his experience, I like that we got to see a lot more about Joey and really the McPhee family in general's experience here. So uh, four stars. I really liked it. Um, now, Peak Creek moment. It was going to be the keys. <laughs> we could double up on those keys. But, yeah. <laughs> but instead, it's going to be when a few moments later, when Joey and Dawson and Jen say, three regulars, please. I like, I that and then Joey moment. says, and hurry. <laughs> and then she kind of like goes, <laughs> I just like that. I thought it was cute. I also love the framing of that shot with them literally yeah, in a cool. triangle, yeah. Dawson between them, you know like cinematography 101 it was kind of fun mm-hmm. yeah we never even got into the cinematography yeah. of this episode but it was no, so yeah. good like yeah. uh, simple good. but effective yeah. you mm-hmm. know it wasn't too like like jack sitting on the steps and it looks like bars he's been imprisoned yeah. his yeah. entire life mm-hmm. he's breaking out like there's a lot oh, of yeah. rich shots in this episode yeah, so it good. really was it, it punched above its weight for sure i mm-hmm. think so yeah that's my peak creek moment now for recommendations, baby boobies. Okay. Oh, whoa. That's, am I a baby booby? Sometimes, sometimes I wish I prepared a little bit more because that one might get edited out. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've been wondering, what do we call our fans? And I think we call them baby boobies. No, Fuck. they're freaks. Uh, Are they freaks? Yeah. Also, I wanted to get, that reminds me really quick. Um, I just wanted to, we're going to dip back into Cape Side Correspondence really quick. Beck's email, she earned the nickname Creek Freak or whatever. It was Dawson's Freak. Dawson's Freak. 
Yeah. I would just like mm. to say she was way ahead of the curve. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And I, th- I think we're all very happy to say that she is a creek freak. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Anyway. Uh, thanks, Bex. Uh, my recommendation, uh, Cape Psych Correspondence is over the second time. It's over. <laughs> Thank you, Stella. Um, my recommendation this week is a video game by the name of Baldur's Gate 3. Woo! It, uh, by the time this episode is released, it's going to be very old news, but as of the recording, we are about two days after it being released on Xbox. It was originally released on PlayStation 5 and maybe PC. Anyway, it's a CRPG slash, you know, tactical turn-based RPG made by Larian Studios. They've made phenomenal video games like Divinity Original Sin and Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, In Baldur's Gate 3, we return to the universe of Dungeons and Dragons in the land of Faerun, which is my favorite realm in uh, in Dungeons and Dragons. And basically I'm just going to keep my recommendations sweet here. If you've ever wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, if you have ever played Dungeons and Dragons, you have, if, if you even have a passing epic fantasy interest, just go ahead and check the game out. It's fucking amazing. The storytelling is amazing. The gameplay is very true to how D and D feels. And, uh, yeah, it's a masterpiece. It's sweeping game award nominations and everybody loves it. So go check it out. Nice. Sweet. I am going to recommend Fargo Season 5. <gasps> oh, man, oh, we need to. Uh, I know. I need to find it and watch it. Um, so this is the first season of Fargo I've watched. I had oh, wa- oh yeah. really? I had wa- oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I had watched the movie a long time ago. Um, have not really been super interested in watching the series. Why I, is that? I, wonder. I, know. I don't know. I think I thought in my head that it was like maybe a little bit more violent. Okay. But I like remember pieces of the movie being like, sure. I recommend if you like yeah. this yeah. season, I recommend watching, I've watched all of them uh, except for this season. Mm-hmm. I recommend watching them because they tie in in like really like pieces. small ways yeah. and they're very satisfying. Yeah. Like, I feel, yeah. Like, I mean, I am loving this show a lot, so I feel like I do want to go back and watch them. Yes. Um, but the cast is amazing. Gino Temple is like the main character. Um, we also have Jennifer Jason Lee, who's amazing. Mm-hmm. Lamorne Morris, he's from New Girl. Love him. Uh, John Hamm. Yeah, that's Joe right. Joe yep. Um, Yeah, it takes place uh, in Minnesota and North Dakota. Um, the, the story follows Gino Temple. Um, she has like, a mysterious past. Some some people are after her, and we don't really know what what her past is. So it's kind of like following that story. And then John Hamm is a uh, far right uh, governor or sheriff. sheriff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he is a little scary man. Hmm. But I I think it's four episodes in. It's on FX, mm-hmm. um, and I like can't wait. Each week, I'm just like so excited. We've been hearing a lot about it from uh, my, my father-in-law, her my parents dad. are yeah really into it, and, and they- I love. I- <laughs> Juno Temple is so good. Yeah, she's so good. She's so badass. That's what. She, yeah, that's, that's my what dad, her dad always says. He'll <laughs> just be in like another room. And be like, she's so badass. And like we're not even talking <laughs> about Fargo. You know, he's yeah. just like, gosh, she's so badass. Oh my god. That's so so he's, she's got to be badass. I love her so much. <laughs> also, I, I've watched the other seasons too. And oh, it feel, okay. And it yeah. feels like such a return to form. Nice. Like okay. first two seasons, I think of Fargo were incredible. Like they're yeah. perfect seasons of TV. Three, I was like, oh, this, yeah. is, this is good. And then mm-hmm. four, I was like, ah, what? I didn't even finish four. Was four the Chris oh, you didn't? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I liked four, but it wasn't very yeah. good. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. But this feels like, oh, we're back in a baby. Okay, good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. As the kids say, we back. Let's go. Let's go. That's what the kids Branded. say. 
Let's no, go oh, that's <laughs> what the bad kids say. Yeah, Joe kidding. Biden <laughs> did this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> what? Joe Biden did that. Let's go, Brandon. Podcast. What? Oh no. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh honey. Uh, what? Oh honey. Who's next? Ah, I think you are. <laughs> oh me? Okay. Um, my recommendation is the current season of the Great British Baking Show on Netflix. Um, I stopped watching last season around the mid-season point, but Stella inspired me to check out this season after we were talking about it uh, last re- during our last recording because um, we were talking about like cozy, feel-good shows. And I just love this season. It's great. Um, the new host is Allison Hammond, and she's a really good balance to Noel. And the group of bakers is great, and it's just it's just fun to watch. Love it. It's a great season. Yeah. Good wreck. Thanks. Also, I just want to just revisit uh, Stella's recommendation. I think it was from last episode. English muffins. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! We've dude. been buying them. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I you influenced just, us. Yes, what kind you. did you get? Uh, well, we, we got the Ezekiel, and then we got no, oh, and then we, we got France. Uh, France. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We done sourdough and just regular mm-hmm. like the France sourdough is interesting. Yeah, my good. favorite is the Aura wheat, wheat extra crispy. I remember. Yeah, we found it. <laughs> we, we actually haven't found it. What? Well, we found the Aura wheat one. English I muffins. I don't see the extra crispy ones. We'll have to find them. Anyway, yeah. that's They're not what so this is about. Good. Thank you, Stella. I love English muffins. They're very good. We also anyway. We don't need. We can. We'll do a breakfast podcast sometime. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's yeah. okay because uh, my recommendation this week is Aura wheat English muffins <laughs> extra crispy. <laughs> No, I, I recently ran into an old friend of mine, Meg, uh, and who told me she's been getting back into art and has even set up an Etsy store oh, cool. where you can buy her prints. And as she explains on her page, here you will find witchy, celestial, naturalistic artworks inspired by home, Pacific Northwest, where she's always been enamored with the native flora and fauna. She has really beautiful pieces of bats, Colombian spotted frogs, red squirrels, pitcher plants, silk moths, and more. So check out her Instagram at Juniper Black Illustrations, linked in our show notes. Oh, yeah. Very cool nice. stuff. Woo-hoo. Support artists making art. Yes, before yes. AI takes us all. Yeah. Well, next time on Freaks and Creeks, we will be discussing season two, episode 16, titled Be Careful What You Wish For, where Dawson's surprise 16th birthday party goes awry when he and Andy show up (laughs) drunk. No. I'm so curious. Dawson and Andy, so random. I'm just, I can't wait to watch it. God, I can't wait. This sounds like, were they drinking together? Just you wait. I can't wait. (laughs) Cody and I already watched it. Spoilers. We have you? watched it. We watched it ahead of time. And let me just say. So it's, excited to talk about it. I can't okay. wait. It's insane. Maybe we should just not record the next one and just talk about it right now. And, <laughs> you know, the listeners don't need we'll to We'll just listen us. and act like we're watching it. We'll listen to you guys talking about yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. There we go. I'm really good at recapping things. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Did you, you wrote the synopsis this time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I will give everyone just one little tease about what happens. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mr. McPhee pushes someone down the stairs. Oh my God. <laughs> Wow. Ugh. I can't believe I called it. Um, but a, a real tease, um, a friend of the show, Jake, I think a long time ago oh, yes. had like, he like went through the show, like when we started and then like wow. kept watching. So he, I think, I don't know if he's finished or just stopped watching, but 
left was, us in the dust. He's yeah. just like, fuck these guys. He Sad. was like, I can't wait for you to get to a certain episode in season two because something unbelievably funny happened. And it's this oh episode. It it's is this oh my episode. gosh. So, okay. oh, get there ready, was folks. something that happened in it and I texted him and I said, hey, Jake, does it have anything to do with blah, blah, blah? And then <laughs> immediately sent me a video he took a year ago <laughs> oh when he gosh. watched it and oh said, wow. yes. <laughs> okay, you guys got to send us that. We'll okay, text yeah. you when we watch it and you guys got to yeah. send us yeah, that yeah. video. <laughs> okay, well, um, I think that means we are officially done. And now I need to read our exit, which is, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> if you've inscribed, if, yeah, you've inscribed. <laughs> if you have inscribed this episode on your heart, please subscribe to our show and join us as we continue to set sail through Dawson's Creek one episode at a time. Um, been working on making this a musical. Um, That's cool. If you want more Freaks content, please visit our website, freaksandcreeks.com. And you can find us on Instagram at freaksandcreekspod. And write us at our email show at freaksandcreeks.com. Until next time. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-